Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Uh, hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name's Lewis. I'm joined by uh, some of the usual cast. We got Dan Coogs sporting that lovely, what's that, 98, 99? 99, 98, 99 jersey, or is it 2000? Uh, I couldn't tell you, man. It was a gift. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think it's 99, 99. All I could just is envisage Carnu wearing that. No, I was I was thinking petite, bro. That petite, was, yeah. This this yeah, shirt is this petite. shirt is it reminds me of petite. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. 90, I think that's ninety eight, ninety nine. That's the season before he um cried and what? left to go. Uh, left to go Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Barcelona. yeah him and Mark Overmars. We fleeced him. Not for the first time. We fleeced Barcelona. <laughs> I might add for some for some good money. But uh, Dan Cooks, how you doing, man? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Can't complain. Uh, and we got we got Sean as well. Yeah, what's a bit more man? simple attire, but you know, Adidas. Yeah, keep keep it simple, the Adidas man. Yeah, and then uh, we got we got German Dang straight from the boardroom of uh, Formula E. I don't even work there anymore, you know. I know, I know, but I can't remember the name of your new company. So we're, we're running with the Formula E stuff. That's fair, man. You know, I'm, I'm I told Lord Sugar to get the fuck out of here, man. That's what I'm. <laughs> Moving like Logan Roy, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on. I'm on to season two of that. This this show is incredible, bro. Amazing. Like, no I'm, spoilers, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah no yeah, spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. This uh, this Logan Roy guy is like Alex Ferguson, bro. That's he's Alex Ferguson. He literally is. <laughs> Literally, uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Alex may have just written that whole thing actually, so a lot like his autobiography. Mm. Um, before we get into things, boy, it's been a bit of a quiet week, more, more like off the field stuff and you know, non non not non arsenal related things, but um, non pitch related things. 
So before we start, um, <clears throat> hey, Touchy Gooders, we got our first game on Sunday, actually. In our touch, uh, in our Touchline Fives tournament, we're playing Spurs. North London derby Sunday. Listen, we I think the team is pretty much full for this week. But if we do, you know, we might have some uh, a few spare spaces. So if you are interested in playing for Touchy Gooners, five-a-side team, give me a shout. Give the the, the Twitter account a, a tweet or one of us a tweet and we can get you involved. It's going to be every Sunday in Shoreditch at 3 p.m. Uh, just a little kick around five-a-side. But hey, listen, this North London derby, we need to win. You know, it's 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 all up for grabs. It's our first game. We need to get some points on the board. So if you are interested, come play football with us. Uh, give us a shout. It's going to be an ongoing thing every Sunday. And you'll get to play, you know, Moga, uh, Coppens, Chessiawa, and obviously the, the Spurs lot from down the road. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in that, give us a shout. And uh... anyway, guys, let's, let's, let's talk all things Arsenal. It's been, the last week or so has been, a very good week for us, and we haven't actually had to do much. Um, you know, results have practically gone. I don't think we could have wished for a better set of results, really. I mean, yeah, Man United beat Brighton yesterday, but I mean, they had to win eventually, didn't they? They had to win eventually. So, um, yeah, man, how, how it just still feels weird that our chances of 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 qualifying for the Champions League and finishing top four have improved by us not even playing a game it's a uh, really strange times that we're we're living in at the moment dan coogs yeah man yeah man i think at the moment you know i'm 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 eating good you know to when i see toby come back from games despondent recording the big six show uh all this i'm i'm there playing the playstation watching him shout into his laptop and i'm i'm eating good and i'm rejoicing and i'm 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 feasting on his tears you get what i mean so you know this this is it's nice um i don't want to you know count my chickens this that, and the other but you know when i see conte um you know throwing his toys at the pram uh so to speak saying you know the level of tottenham is not that good when i see you know um uh, these 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 are uh, games in hand FC. They're losing all their games. This that, and the other. You can't really complain. And I feel like right now um, I'm content. You know, I'm very content. I think United they're they're moving a bit funky themselves. But I'm content with where we are. I feel like if we focus on ourselves um, this season, get points on the board, we'll be okay, man. Um, I said it in the group. I'm 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 feeling quietly confident. You know, quietly confident. But. Um, you know, we'll see what we do against Brentford this, this Saturday. Yeah, man, I've got to admire Tobe's enthusiasm. Like, literally, it was like, it was like they just got pammed against um, uh, Wolves on the weekend. Like, five minutes later, like, obviously, he's done his post-match reaction, which is quality, guys. You should go and watch it on uh, Tapping Tobes' uh, YouTube channel. Brilliant. Um, but, like, t ten minutes after he's done his reaction video, he's, he's put out tweets, oh, who's got tickets for uh, Anfield or whatever <laughs> their game is? Like, right, like, this guy is dedicated, you know? But it's like... Jeez, the enthusiasm is too much. I can't, I, I, I can't knock it. You know, he's, he's, listen, he's where he wears his heart on his sleeve. The Antonio Conte appointment isn't quite going to, um, quite going to plan, I guess. Mm. Um, it's, it has been. I know there were some comments that came out this evening, really, um, about how uh, Conte is upset that you know Spurs weakened the team. You know, despite bringing in. Bentacor and Kulusevski, uh, the latter we were linked to. You know, apparently the the squad is weakened. So mm. I don't know if that's a bit of mind games there from from Conte. But Sean, where where are you seeing 
you know, Arsenal and in regards to their rivals, you know, like we, we're hearing like these complaints from Conte. We're looking at Man United. They're looking a bit shaky. You know, West Ham, do you consider them a rival? Um, where, where, where do you see us? Like, are we in, are we in good footing right now? Yeah, I think when you look at it, Arsenal look the most stable and secure team at the moment. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned games in hand, FC. That's what we turned into now. So we're getting excited. But, you know, those games need to be played. Um, I think, yeah, I think we thought Spurs were going to be the biggest threat. Um, and obviously their, their drop points, you know, back-to-back losses at home, no doubt, to Southampton and Wolves, I think is a big, big blow. They've got City next to, as well away, so we're hoping that could be three L's on the row. Haven't they so already lost three games in a row? Was it? Um, oh, mate, yeah. But yeah. That, Dan's, Dan's nodding to they've lost three, so, so maybe four Yeah, because they so. lost against Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You said, yeah, so um, hopefully four L's in a row. So, so we'll see how that pans out. United, we've all said they have the strongest squad, but, you know, um, it looks like a bit of a mismatch. There's, you know, in-house problems, um, you know, Harry Maguire can't defend his block, were to tee on Wayne. So, you know, there's there's loads of struggles there. So we're going to see how, how that pans out. So we look stable. Um, and, you know, our, our job is, you know, it's in our hands now. Um, if we win all our games, well, like I said, it's in our hands. So if, and we've got probably the most favourable schedule as well. So um, if we win our games, it's in our hands. Um, you know, we, there was a tweet on the account um, the other day. How many points do you think it will take? To get top four, I know you said you you think it might be around 66, 67. Um, you know, I think obviously to be on the safe side, people are hoping that if we can replicate the first half of the season where we got 35 points, 70 will definitely get it. So um, I don't know, man. But yeah, I, I just think I'm I'm still nervous myself personally, just because even though the other teams around us aren't great, um, we still aren't looking potent offensively for me and you know I would have liked the striker alone in Jan even if we couldn't get our main whoever the main target was so we're relying on Lacazette who just doesn't look a big threat going forward and you know Eddie who is you know out of contract at the end of the season as well so we're basically still where we were at the start relying on our young G's to carry us through um they've done well so far so we can only hope they can continue for the second half of the season um so, so, so we'll see generally. I just want to take it game by game. Brentford at the weekend and, you know, hopefully we can get three points there. Um, and then we've got Wolves again after that. So, you know, back-to-back home games now. I think we need to be looking to try and take six points. I know both Brentford and Wolves play with a back five, so it's going to be tough to break them down. But let's, let's, let's see what we can do, man. Um, I think, you know, if we win both of the, the next two home games, we put ourselves, you know, really, really in, in, in pole position for, for top four. So, um, and, you know, like I think others have said, I think from here, um, you know, we didn't expect it at the start of the season, but where we are now, it would be disappointing if we couldn't get it. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been like these uh, tweets going around about um, that. Uh, what's the stats website called? Five five three eight five five three eight soccer, or whatever it's called. They've done their projections and. Um, I've just had a little look at like the odds for like finishing the top four and German Dan, um, Arsenal are favourites. They're favourites to make the top four. Like, I don't think at the start of this season we would have ever envisaged being in this position. I don't think, you know, like at the end of the transfer window when we, when we had our squad put together, we were looking at it a bit. We'd lost obviously our first three games of the season. So now be favourites for 
the top four. I don't know if you agree with this, by the way. Um, I mean, this is just where money is going and computer algorithms and football is played on a pitch, not on a, you know, on a, on a PC. So how, how are you feeling about Arsenal being in pole position in the eyes of the public? And um, does that, um, does that, does that, does that, uh, does that uh, what, what am I trying to say? Is, 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 um, does that fit right with, with how you feel as well? Mm, I think so. If I look at the season, of course, I, I agree. At the start of the season, I didn't think we would be um, in for a, a top four race. Um, I just didn't think we had enough quality. But I always said that it is a possibility because I don't rate the teams around us. I said from the very beginning, Spurs, I don't rate them. United is a mixed bag for me. Let's see what they do. So I said there's an opening um, and it really just depends if we can stay consistent. So whilst I didn't think we would be able to, we managed to be able to con- to be consistent enough in the first half of the season to give us a good chance. And it's not just a good chance now. We, we're It's in our hands. Um, you know, I think mathematically it's in our hands, which is why the arguments are saying we're favourites. And um, if you're looking at the run that we have now, the run of fixtures, you'd say there's a lot of fixtures that we should be winning and picking up points in. Um, I don't think every game is going to be a win. I'm not going to look at Brentford and say three points in the bag because those are the mistakes that my enemies have made and I will not make the same mistakes. Um, they are after us, but <laughs> we're not making the same mistakes. Um, we take one game at a time. Wolves game was, um, for example, that was a game away from home. That was a real test, I think. And I think we showed resilience in that game, which made me think, yes, we're here and we we, we want to get top four and we are ready to compete for it. Um, I think United have done, have got a good performance in, against Brighton um, a couple of days ago, but... I've seen them and Spurs on numerous occasions be very fragile. Go one up, then concede a goal, 1-1, and then end up losing it, you know? So I think we have um, better defensive resilience than both of those teams. And whilst I agree with what Sean is saying, that offensively it doesn't look great at the moment, it really doesn't. Um, I hope that with ESR coming back into the team now, with Martinelli definitely suspended, that he might that he might give us something, some added dynamism, some added creativity. Um, I feel like... Maybe the way ESR plays will help, like I said, a little bit as well. We will see. But um, I think that our defensive resilience will give us a good chance regardless. And it really is just about being consistent. Don't lose games. If you if you, if you you can't win it, then draw it. Um, you need to pick up points with um, with, um, with, any, with in any fixture, essentially. So we have to leave with something every game week. And um, I think we have a good chance, um, more than a good chance. We're favourites, realistically. And um, I saw I saw a lot of comments about, um, obviously, Henri is a bit harsh, you could say, um, being in this position now and saying that it would be failure if we don't get it. But realistically, it probably would be. Um, you know, we the, the, um, the, the squad and the tower have done really well to be in this position right now. And to now not go and get it, would 110% be a disappointment and also a failure. And failure is not necessarily a word I think people want to use because it's a young squad and etc. But um, those guys, you don't have to baby them, man. Those guys came through at Arsenal. Um, that's not that's not an easy feat in the first place. And if you if you plan for Arsenal, you most likely are an elite footballer anyway. You're in you know low in the higher percentile of of players in Europe that can you know be good enough to be playing for Arsenal, be purchased by Arsenal. So. The expectations of the club are clear. We shouldn't be mincing our words and saying, oh, don't use the word failure. No, it would be a failure now, given where we are. At the start of the season, of course, we looked at it very differently, but 
we always want to apply context and we always want to be making um, points that are relevant to what we um, what's happening right now. And I, I feel like it would be a failure if we don't get it now and it would be a disappointment. But a lot of credit to the team and also Tata for getting there to, the, uh, to, the, to this point, um, mid-February, mid not even Jan. And we are we are basically it's in our hands, and that's that's a big positive. Yeah, I mean, we, we speak a lot about consistency, and you know, I think we've probably been since the. Uh, and, uh, people will moan at me saying this, right? And you know, it, it, I don't take any joy from saying it, but it's like when the window closed, which is when we signed. Obviously, we we got Tomiyasu over the line, we got um, Odegaard over the line. Who else did we sign towards the end of the window? Um, we got Ramsdale in, sorry. Ramsdale was a bit late, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, he got his signings towards the end of the window. And since then, we've probably been comfortably the fourth best team in the league, um, mm. especially in terms of consistency of results. Um, I've got some stats here. 19 games since um, the end of the transfer window. We've won 12. You know, we've taken 39 points from 19 games. Just to Just a comparison. Chelsea, in the same period, 40 points from 21 games, so two extra games. Liverpool, 47 points from 21 games. Um, Wolves, 37 points from 20 games. Manchester United, 36 points from 22 games. Spurs, 27 points from 19 games. You know, the level of consistency we have shown since September is, you know, I, I, I see some people brushing it off as, oh, yeah, a little burst of form before Christmas or I don't think that's the right way to look at it, man. I, I do feel like this team has steadily been putting results together. I mean, since, you know, we've won 12 of 19 games, that's not fluke, you know. Mm. And I, it's it's not like we deserve to be losing those games and stuff like that. We we barely concede goals. We don't we don't really concede chances like that. Issue with goal scoring, definitely. Um, but in that period, we've scored the fourth most goals in the league. Mm. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not... It's not think, a disaster, you know. We're not we're not completely out of touch from our rivals in terms of the goal scoring ability. You know, and you know what? With that, I think um, a lot of people are over indexing our bad periods, right? So, like, um, obviously, I think January was a tough a tough month, but I think a lot of people are sort of saying that that is more representative of Arsenal this season. Um, versus you know what has come before that and i think we we sort of did have done the same um last season where that that 10 game run um because obviously it was so costly to our season um a lot of people have said well that's that's the real arsenal and everything that came after is you know everyone likes to sort of play that down and i think you know, if you listen to the main pod um and what the general consensus is about this top four race is that oh it's a bum fight um, you know, and it's it's about who's going to be the least shit. Whereas I think if you're actually looking at it and looking at, you know, the performances and the performance level of all the teams fighting for top four, we are actually the only team that has been very consistent. So, you know, we only played two league matches um, in January. Uh, one was a very good performance against Man City that we lost. Everyone was, you know, oh, look at them, they're celebrating a loss, this, that and the other. And the other one was a frustrating game against Burnley, um, nil-nil. But, that's those are the only two games that we've dropped points in our last seven. You know, we've won five of our last seven games, conceded one goal in open play in all of those games, and that was in the last minute against Man City when we're down to ten men. You know, so um, so if you're looking at it right and saying right, um, how how have this team been performing over the course of this season? Yes, we had that 
you know, disastrous start. But, you know, we saw Liverpool last year when they didn't have their, you know, first choice centre-backs available. They lost six in a row um, at home. Uh, and people were people were able to provide that context and say, you know, that wasn't their first team. That's not representative of them. And then look at what they're doing this season. Right now they have their players back. So, you know, I do think it's right to look at the team since the transfer window uh, closed, since we've had most of our um, players available and say, right, how have we been performing? And we we have been in the top four, if not the top three uh, performing teams for the majority of that season. I think, um, uh, Lewis, just to add on your point, since uh, the transfer window opened, I think we're third in the league for points per game. Um, since uh, Conte came in, I think we're fourth in the league, uh, just slightly behind Spurs for points per game. And that, but that was before the Wolves game, so I think we might have overtaken them, got into third now um, that they lost. Sorry. Um, and since Randick's come in, where 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 the the third game is uh, third team as well. So you know, if you look at that, if we're able to maintain this form with basically the same team, because Lacazette. Um, sorry, Aubameyang, before he went, he wasn't even in the squad for our luck for the 10 games um, in all competitions before he was sold. So, you know, people are talking about, yeah, we're weak, um, this, that, and the other, we're weak in the squad. But these players are basically the same players who have been playing all season, you know. So really and truly, unless there's a drastic, drastic fall off in form, we should be there. Simple. And it, 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 it we should be there, you know. Um, yeah, and- I agree. And another thing that I wanted to, to say, just on the, um, just on the expectations at the start of the season as well. Yeah, so sorry, this is like a monologue, but on the expectations at the start of the season, I think everyone places too much emphasis on what their own evaluation of the squad was, right? So like, or what the general consensus of the squad was, right? But really and truly, if you if 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 we had more faith in the manager, right? So say. Conte was in charge. We gave him that exact same squad and he went and spent £160 million on X amount of players. The expectations would be, right, they're going to go compete for top four. It's only because of what our opinion of Arteta is and what our opinion of the players are that they brought in that we sort of reduce those expectations. So it's like, if you're actually thinking, if you're Arsenal and you're saying, this guy is the guy who's going to take us forward, which they are, probably going to give him a new contract. And Arteta is looking at these guys and saying, right, I have £160 million to spend. Where am I going to spend it? And they go, and these are all of his players now, basically. The, the, the squad is clear. Why would they not be aiming for top four? Because if it was any other manager, you would say top four is a minimum. One game, one game a week, you know, um, you spend the most in Europe. Top four should be what you're aiming for, really. You know, so 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 I, I I think you know people need to sort of lower um, what the narratives are and just just uh, evaluate what they're seeing in front of. Them. Do, do, do you then? Because obviously, I guess there's a there's a difference between having um, a target as being top four, right? So, like the argument I was having with Meads on the main pod was, you know, um, Chelsea. I think it was around right. Was Chelsea's target to win the league? Yes. Is it a failure if they don't win the league? No, it isn't. But it's a realistic target that they win the league, right? It's it's not out of the out of the realms of possibilities that they win the league. They just won the Champions League. They spent a shitload of money on a on Romelu Lukaku, who they thought would be the striker. Again, mm. taking away like what you're saying, Dan, taking away our expectations of what that player is about. Chelsea thought Romelu Lukaku would be the striker that would propel them into winning the title 
and, mm. and, and get them there, right? So what you're saying about the squad is absolutely right. And, you know, the, the, the club should be held to, you know, the targets that they're setting for themselves, really and truly, not whatever how we feel about it. We shouldn't see... I don't think we should look at it as uh, just because we thought we might finish eighth this season. If we finish sixth, doesn't make that a a success, I don't mm. think. But does finishing outside the top from the top four from this point does that make this season a failure? To Tough me, it feels like a yeah. It's a, as I said, it definitely is a disappointment given the situation we're in. Failure, I think people view that word too harshly. If, you, if you're if on course to achieving something and you don't achieve it, I look at it as a failure. That's how, that's how I look at it in general. So it's not like I'm going to say, hi, guys, this was a good effort. Yeah, it was, but we didn't achieve the target that we were on track for. You know, If you work in a sales role and you're on track of hitting a million in sales and in the end you're hitting 600K, you're not getting the same bonus. And that for you will not just only feel like a disappointment, but also like a failure. So I think I, I think in general people view the word failure too negatively anyway. Um, it's just a fact that if you have on course or on track or if something is the target and you haven't achieved it, that is by definition a failure, you know. But I know um, there's obviously levels, so I wouldn't say it's catastrophic um, failure. A catastrophic failure would be finishing outside top six. Um, but I think the club is probably looking at it like this. We are aiming for top four. Um, top six, we will take because it catapults us back into European football. And we are on um, we are on a positive trend right now. So I think top four, top six for them is, is, is a positive. Um, but given the situation we're in, we need to push for that top four. We've been out of the Champions League for too long. That added revenue, um, I mean, yeah, I think that that, that is absolutely vital. When, when you also consider the COVID situation, I can only imagine how, how much they're licking their lips at the prospect of getting that Champions League money, you know. So mm-hmm. I know I don't know I don't know what you guys think, but that's how I generally feel about it. I think um I think it, it will also depend on on how we finish, how it looks like. Like for me, um it will be disappointing if we don't achieve it from here, just basically because of the position we're in. And I will also, you know, I, I will not be taking excuses because I, I said in Jan, like we needed a body like do you know what i mean especially up top like i said even if you couldn't get who you wanted i i think it is very hella risky i think leo made the point like put it this way we've trimmed the squad down so much and that's fine cool because this is the core of players you want to rely on but you are relying on heavy heavy fine margins you're relying on the young players to continue the trajectory they've been on Bearing in mind, we know how inconsistent up and down young players can be, and that's just the nature and nature of the game, right? You're relying on strikers who don't score to try and get us over the line. Lacazette has two non-penalty goals all season. So he has three league goals, two of them are non-penalty goals. Um, Eddie Nketiah hasn't scored a single league goal all season. Um, Gabriel and White, thankfully, you know, touch wood, they've been fit all season. But you know, if any of them go down for a significant period of time, we could be in a lot of trouble. Do you know, we've already seen Tommy Yasu has missed it. You know, he's now missed, I don't know how many games he's missed now, but... Feels like forever. You know, yeah, it feels like forever. And um, <laughs> Cedric is in at the moment. Cool. We could probably manage with Cedric again against Brentford and maybe against Wolves after that. But you don't want to do a stretch of games with Cedric at right back. Do you know what I mean? So because essentially, eventually a team's going to 
capitalize on his weaknesses. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and for me, I think one of the biggest points I've, I've, um, I want to make is that I need Xhaka and Partey to fix up from now to the end of the season. They, along with Lacazette, in my opinion, although I can maybe cut Lacazette a bit more slack, have been the biggest disappointments in the season. Do you know what I mean? So they are the most experienced players in the squad outside of Lacazette. They are who we've pinned our hopes on as our axis to protect the back four and to help us progress up the pitch. And for one reason or another, they've not been available enough. And when they have been available, they haven't performed enough, um, in my opinion. So I think their stat is they played eight games this season now. So they've won six, drawn one and lost one. So that's not a bad ratio. Not bad, so not bad to that, be that, fair. That, yeah. that, that isn't bad. That isn't and, and, bad. And but... I think I think that, that run probably stretches back to last season as well when they played together as well. I think they built up quite a good partnership last season as well in terms of... I need that one to fix up for... Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think they're okay as a partnership. Obviously, we know we, we can improve on that in the transfer market. But for me, they're the ones who need to lead the team from now until the end of the season. I need... They need to be turning in minimum seven out of tens every week those two especially considering their senior members they're on high wages they're supposed to be the senior statesmen and leaders of the squad they need to lead adequately so uh they need to they need to do it i don't even know what the point was i've deviated so far off the point now but they need to um, perform yeah they, yeah they they need to perform they need yeah. to perform 100 million percent they, they do it because it would take a lot of pressure away from you know, some of the younger players who we're obviously putting a lot of pressure and load on, man. We're, we're our ex, like I know, uh, I don't know who said it, but you know, said something about relying on Lacazette. I don't even look at it as relying on Lacazette. I, we, we, we're not relying on Lacazette to score goals. We're, we're relying on Saka, Martinelli, Emil Smith Rowe, and Erdogan to replicate their goal scoring feats from uh, the first half of the season. We're not relying on Lacazette to do it. You know, Lacazette has already shown he can't be relied upon. So if if we rely on Lacazette, we're we're gonna come up short. So um, yeah, we really he, need. He, he he's a disgrace. He needs to give me five goals between that five, bro. That's five, all I'm asking five. for. Five. Imagine asking your your striker, bro. Listen, I just need five striker. goals. I need five goals in sixteen games, bro. Five goals in sixteen games, bro. And what are the odds on that? Because boy, it's it's looking tacky. If he gives me if he gives me oh, a goal. If he gives me a goal against Spurs or something, yeah, that that would be nice. That would yeah. be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do have a feeling he will just have like a bit of a, a like a streak. And and when I say streak, I mean like a streak for like three or four games. I don't mean like a, a nine game scoring run. I do feel like Lacazette has this is these. What we call manifesting. What are you doing over yeah, there? Right I'm now? trying. I'm trying. I mean, I'm, I, I, listen, he scored what 13 Premier League goals last season, being a bit of a bit part player. So. Um, and did did was it thirty? I think he only got 10, 10 league goals. But first, so was it comps. thirteen all comps? Sorry, the, the, yeah. the thing with the thing with him, his stats are inflated by pens as well. He's so disgraceful, mm. bro. Because you're not even bagging in open play. You know, you're helping... I feel I feel like one of these is going to go in though, because he's getting chances. That's the thing. So yeah, you know, I feel like one of them is going to go in. So you know, Brentford. Let's see what happens. These men, they need to get some revenge for us as well. So. Lacazette's gonna bag against Brentford. Fuck it, I'm going for it. I yeah. Lately, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm on that, man. I'm on. That. I'm gonna put some money on it. <laughs> I, might, I might just put a cheeky tenner on that, man. Lacazette anytime. Yeah. No, no. Lacazette got 13 Premier League goals last season. Oh, 13. Mad. Yeah, you got. Uh, I, I got 10. Yeah. yeah. 
He got, no, he got, got, got 10, have got, 10. He got 17 all comps last season, Lacazette. Look how no. we're trying to guess. Doesn't that, feel this like it, does hit, it? This guy's never no. hit 20 in all comps for us no. once, bro. He's, no. And he, he scored it, he scored three three pens last season. He's got one pen this season. Um he missed a pen, didn't he? Uh yeah, you know, he, he, he does he does win an awful lot of pens. So listen. As long as he keeps fair, getting the pens, I don't mind. If he gets another four pens in the second half of the season, because remember, he's, he's, he's got us four pens this season. I don't know what kind yeah. of diving he's up to, yeah? But listen, keep doing that, big man. Four, four more yeah. pens, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. Four more, right? I'll give you the season. You get our four more pens in the, in the rest of the, the season. You slot all four pens, Laka. I'll, I'll think about giving you a new one year. All right? Yeah, Lord, no. <laughs> Yeah, now he's taking it too far, brother. Now he's taking it too far. <laughs> Man said fair play contracts, you know. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's move on then because um, there was some... I actually haven't seen it, so I'm going to rely upon you guys uh, to, to talk me through it. Um Josh Cronke did uh, an interview after. Was it after the LA Rams Super Bowl victory? Is it? Was it after or before? It was before. It was before. It was before, it was before yeah. right? And you know, for those who don't know anything about NFL and American football, of which I am one of those people, apparently Stan Cronke's um, team, rugby team, American rugby team, won <laughs> their World Cup or something over there, right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy yeah they won it um and, st- and, 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 and their shiny new st- stadium as well and their shiny new stadium paid for by us yeah by us <laughs> leveraged by us season ticket holders no i'm joking i don't know I, I don't know i'm not going to pretend to know anything about the inner workings of that kind of field but from what i hear it's quite an interesting project that they have going on with the rams and you know they've they've kind of got like a similar uh, philosophy going with um, the Rams as they do with Arsenal, like they've got a really young coach who is apparently quite uh, talented and highly thought of in in the coaching world over there. I don't I, listen, just going off by what Twitter says, right? I don't know anything about these things. Um, so yeah, um, t- talk me through what Josh Kroenke, um was saying and. Did he make any like direct comparisons between the Rams' success and what they're trying to do at Arsenal? Go, go on, Dan. What you got? Yeah, I was going to say he did. He did actually like he spoke about um, trying to Americanize 
the sort of the the behind the scenes structure. Um, uh, and he, he drew parallels to sort of there being the general manager um, and then the the head coach, and that that's the direction that they're trying to they're trying to look at, which I thought was which I thought was quite interesting um, because I think we sort of went away from from that briefly uh, when uh, Wenger stepped down because there was obviously there was a Gazidis and the Wenger structure, and then we sort of went to that sort of weird trifecta of Raul, um, Mislintat, and then was it was it Edu or was it someone else? I can't remember. Raul, because... Raul Mislintat and, and, and Kia. And Kia, wow. Yeah, Kia. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kia with his office at, at London Colney, apparently, yeah. So, um, and, and, then, and then they were all sort of feeding into uh, Unai Emery and Emery basically didn't have um, that much of a say. Um, so then I think they sort of sort of mirrored it again, almost back to the, the Wenger days where they've got the, the manager now working with Edu and then um, obviously Vinay, who's the, the CEO. And I just, I basically, that, that interview, it was quite interesting to me because I think the main thing about the Cronky tenure, obviously, is the whole, you know, silent stand uh, stuff that was been going on. Like you couldn't get a word out of him. You had no idea. Um, what they wanted to do with the club. You had no idea what the direction of travel was. And I think now um, there is, you know, some additional clarity. And I, I've said previously, you know, that I don't necessarily care about what they um, what they have to say, as long as, you know, the vision for the club, you know, you can, you can sort of read it in actions. Um, and I think what I quite like now is that what they're saying, it seems to match up with what they're doing um, in terms of, you know, their transfer business, what we're seeing on the pitch and that kind of thing, investing in their young squad, uh, investing in the young manager and sort of trying to grow things organically and, and um, in in a sort of, what's that word, collaborative uh, way on the pitch, right? With, uh, you know, the ages of the players and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, I think for, for me, it's like, it's very good that they seem to be much more engaged uh, with what's happening on the pitch. So I think, even right up to up until the end of Emery, um, it was a big thing for me that, you know, this Emery guy was struggling and he was struggling for a long, long time. Um, and engaged ownership probably would have let him go after um the Europa League final and we could have we could have started again. But instead, you know, there was talk of um him potentially getting a new contract um after that. Then, you know, you go out and you spend 72 million uh, pounds that leads to an internal investigation. Um, because, you know, certain people were getting paid that shouldn't have been, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, and that leads to, you know, multiple people getting sacked um, as a result. So it, it says to me that even right up until that that period, these men, they were sort of not not engaged. They were letting people have a jolly up um, with, with running the club. Um, and I don't think that that sort of thing um, will happen again, basically. What changed? What what was the what was the Tim did, Tim, Tim Lewis I think yeah what, was, what, a, what yeah. was the moment that they realised wow shit really really getting covered mm. covered covered they, I mean they they already sanctioned a lot of the deals before this is what people were talking about Arsenal don't spend money Arsenal don't have money all this kind of stuff look at what we spent in the last five, six years. We've spent enormous amounts of money and we actually haven't sold many players for good value, you know? We're just spending because we we are we are one of those clubs that has a lot of revenue. So 
essentially the way the Kronkers have led it is like, okay, you have you have you have the money, then spend it. You can do what you know. We trust the football people to do the job, um, and I think this is where their failure was. That that um, they hired a lot of people. There was no no. I don't think overarching strategy, um, or at least a long term strategy. It was just haphazard. And um, I think Raul thrived in that environment because he could get deals done and do whatever he wanted. Um, and then it, it led to failure. And then um, when COVID hit, they started investing. They started looking through the books, and they were like, "What the hell are these men doing?" You know. And then they, yes, they, they completely, they completely streamlined. Um, people that I mean, a lot of people got let go as well. Um, they streamlined the um, the departments. They streamlined the leadership group. And how they operate and how they um, report. And Josh Kroenke became an active part of that. I mean, uh, they say he was on the board before, but he's he has an active role now. And he has also a bit, like, they're using PR quite a bit to kind of communicate what the ideas for the club are, how we're moving forward. So they've completely revamped that sort of strategy. And, um, yeah, essentially, that's, that's, that's when they had to really look into the books. I think COVID was a big, big sort of eye-opener for them. And... Um, I think now, also with the 100% leadership now, um, owning the club fully, they are they are more invested into making this right um, rather than before where they were like, you know what, we're not putting extra money into um, this club when we want to buy all the shares and the guy, if we put more money in, we're just increasing the, the value of the club, which is making it more difficult for us to buy the shares of this guy. So they had to freeze Usmanov out. Um, that, was, that was their planning. And um, now I think they're just more involved now. Just this is just Cronkite's project essentially. I don't think Stan is much involved, um, but his, his son is, um, and uh, yeah, he's leading it. I think the interview. He, I think he's a he's a he's a clear communicator. He's a good communicator. He says a lot of good things. Um, I think he's been briefed very well, um, um, and um, he definitely has a good sort of. Um, narrative of how he explains his interest for Arsenal, saying that he's always been a football fan, etc., etc. So he wants to build that relationship and make it seem like the synergy between him, fan base, and the club is a natural one for him. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think it was good. I do, however, I've seen also the Sky interview before, so I feel like a lot of the things that he said in that interview that we just watched a couple of days ago, he's already said before. It's not it's not something so super new that I've seen. But he's just reiterated things, and um, obviously fans like the soundbites when he says things like, "The European fans are more passionate than whatever we've seen here." So no, but, it's not. I saw that. Yeah, no, it's not. Yes, <laughs> a guy that was looking like Ice JJ Fish said that in the background. Um, but yeah, I, I think you got very upset about that. Yeah, this guy was annoying me. But fans, fans, fans really enjoyed it. I think it was a good interview. But at the end, we need to. I think we will spend money. I, I'm, I'm confident we will be continue spending money, but I just need to see um, active engagement from them. As you said, um, Dan, when Emery was flopping, it took too long. Um, maybe they just had too much faith in that guy or they just weren't involved enough. Um, enough. We don't know, but we need to... Um... <laughs> who's, Richard, <laughs> who's Richard Jefferson? Who's this? The guy The guy on the video that was, uh, yeah. that was talking talking nonsense. Oh, okay. So, 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 what were some of these interesting things that Josh said? Like, did he say anything that you know really caught your attention, and you thought, as I said, was it pretty generic lot, stuff? Yeah, a lot of the stuff he already said before in this in, a, in sort of a Sky special interview, which was a few months ago. I think some of the soundbites that the fans have liked are obviously what he said about European fans compared to US fans. 
And he kind of explained how they had to like change the leadership model in order to be more aligned with what KSA and KSE do in general. Um, so you kind of explained that, but he didn't give like super, super insightful information. But it was good hearing him speak about the club and you know basically confirming that he's more active and actively involved in this basically project. Mm. Does um does the fact that they are kind of like standing up and and talking does that does that make you guys feel a little bit more comfortable with their leadership or I've, is... I've, I've, ne I've never cared that much like about talking yeah. but I, I don't really care like my thing is just good governance so you know as the guys have said if things are going bad address it make amends like don't let shit fester you know and anyone can fail but at least if you're going to fail fail quickly and try and address it so um, what, what I will say is that since Tim Lewis has come in, they seem to be a lot more um, methodical, a lot more strict and stringent in how they're going about things. They proper um, evaluate every deal before they carry it out. Um, but as the guys have said, they're willing to spend money. Like we're going to have another aggressive summer. I think pretty much after this summer, um, that is fully Arteta squad. After that, that's it. Like anyone who's from previous Avenger or an Emery regime that he doesn't want will be gone. And, you know, he would have had 150, 200 mil to spend again in the summer and that would be it. Do you know what I mean? So we would have had four, five, six transfer windows to, you know, completely, you know, re-modify his squad. So, um, so, so, so we'll see, man. But I, I, I've never been as harsh on, on the Cronkies as others. Like, I think, you know, the bit about the investment, like I said, since Wenger's left, their investment has been heavy continuous so and um i expect it to be continuous so you know and and you know you could argue we've dropped so far down the lead that we naturally need investment anyway and i think this is the sort of league now where everyone has money so realistically we have to keep spending anyway because weaker teams around us are, are spending you know like 50 odd mid you know i saw west ham bid 50 million for not darwin nunes in january do you know what i mean so people are just bidding mad mad money like left right and center so we have to not by virtue of just trying to keep up but trying to get better as well so um so we'll see man i, I i've liked what Cronky said he, he definitely seems actively engaged he seems like he wants the team to do well i think you know just by virtue of someone who's, who's younger um, probably aligns himself more with, you know, Arteta, Edu and Vinay, probably fits in with that structure a bit more. So it looks okay, um, but the proof will be in the pudding. So, you know, hopefully we can get top four and then we can be very, very aggressive um, in trying to build a very good Champions League squad because watching what I've seen over the last two nights, <laughs> our squad right now, it needs so, so much work to even, you know, try and compete with any of those guys. So, yeah. Mm. Sure. Well, just to round things up then, um <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about Brentford. That game is on is that on Saturday? Three PM, right? Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, three PM. Brentford at home. Proper revenge game for us, boy, because I still remember that that opening game of the season oh, like uh, like it was just yesterday. It was oof. That Why was are we beating all these mid-table teams though? What's going on? Family, it makes me oh, sick, you know. It makes me sick. They're always Everyone's always talking smoky about us, man. Like, if it's not Wolves fans, it's Villa fans. It's not yeah, Villa fans. apparently you're not allowed to celebrate wins these days, guys. Like, who, who would have thought? There's a right way of celebrating, sir. <laughs> Shut Jesus up, man. Can, 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 I, can I just say quickly on that? What really jars me as well is, like, firstly, sport is emotion-based. Do you know what I mean? Like, in any sport, like, any win, even if it's not a mate, you're going to give, like, a little fist bump. I don't understand why people were so keen 
to police emotion and celebration, bro. If we can't enjoy it, what's the point of us all being here? Like, generally, like, what's the point of us all being here if we can't enjoy it? So, tell them to shut up, man. Listen, I hope we beat Wolves again, like, in two weeks and we ju- we do, like, a little parade around the stadium. I mean, yeah. I, mean I told up, you, Martinelli is doing this to the Wolves fans, yeah? Book it, yeah? Book it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't even think the celebrations were that mad, were they? It, it wasn't mad at all. Like, I, <laughs> like the no, thing yeah. is, because, you know, you see people like, Ram, Ramsdale was a passion merchant anyway. Like, he does the same thing every single game minute. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't Yeah, there's nothing special to like, Wolves. Ramsdale did the, the triple fist pump in the air. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but also, you need to bear in mind, it's the manner of which we won the game. Like, one, Wolves don't concede a lot. Two, we managed to get ahead and then we went down to 10 men. So, we defended the last 25 minutes, you know, with 10 men, like... So against a decent side because we saw three days later Wolves went to Tottenham and beat and won two 0 So um, it was a, it was a good hard fought result, man. Because what Wolves have taken points of Chelsea, they've taken points off City, I think as well this season as well. So they're a decent team, man. And and, 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 I, think, and I think we had that down as one of the games we might drop points in, didn't we? Yeah, and we, and we managed to get three points. So sure. and made a good point, you know, like people people quick to police what Arsenal do. Um, when City um, beat us 2-1 at the start of January, they won against us late when we had 10 men and they were ripping their shirts yeah. off, jumping yeah, into, the went crowd. Into, they went into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I mean, like, and that's Man City who have won literally everything except for Champions League. They've won like 13 games in a row before that or something yeah. stupid. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, you can't, come on, man. You can't police how people celebrate winning football games, especially if it's fucking... You know, just just general celebrations. Like it's ridiculous. You need to stop bitching. And uh, Ruben, that's put me right off you, mate. Because I was I was all up for signing you before you started bitching. <laughs> not feeling it. Not feeling it. But anyway, no, we've got we've got Brentford. Who? Listen, I mean, you look at their form heading into this game. They haven't won since they beat um, Aston Villa at the beginning of Jan. Uh, Would they beat Port Port Vale in the FA Cup? But they've you know. They've been getting smacked recently, man. I know they drew to Palace um, on the weekend, but, you know, they've lost to City. They lost to Wolves. They lost to Man United. They lost to Liverpool. They lost to Southampton. A few hammerings in there as well. So Brentford are are a team in decline, um, but that didn't really fare us that well against Burnley. So (laughs) um, it's... it's you know, it's 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 going to be a tough game, man. And especially after you know they dunked on us at in their in their Premier League debut at um, at Griffin Park. This is going to be a a tough game, man. And I think we're going to need to really be on form to to get the job done. Mm. I need uh, I need Ben White to get it back in blood, yeah, because um, <laughs> totally. the way they cooked totally him in a spliff, man. The way they cooked him on Sky Sports as well wasn't nice. It wasn't, yeah. I need him to win team. every aerial duel, bro. Oh, even if you don't win him, yeah, <laughs> just give him give him cheeky elbows and that in the back. Let him know that you're there and that. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's 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 annoying these games um, that we're having to play in a row because Burnley, Wolves, Brentford, and then Wolves again. Like all four of these games is just it's like the deepest of deep deep blocks in it, really. So mm-hmm. you know, um, and a lot of uh, long balls, a lot of switches of play. Um, so you know, obviously we should be prepared. Um, I guess because they're not that dissimilar to to Wolves with their five three, five three two and um, three four three four three type type stuff. But I think Brentford, um, 
other than Embuemo, um, I don't really rate their um, their attack uh, too too heavily. Um, you know, so I do feel like this is going to be a game where we will have some chances. We'll have quite a few shots, and if we're able to take our chances, um, we win. Lacazette. Um, yeah, because looking at them, I don't. I think other than the games where they're able to, you know, sort of really pam the centre backs, um, some of the big games, I'm not really impressed. Too impressive with Brentford going forward, man. Um, Ivan Tony's a doubt, actually. I'm just seeing. Oh, really? Calf injury, man up play. Yeah, so I think he's basically their whole attack plan as well. To be honest, they try to hit him um, and and ask him to do something, and often, more often than not, he's not really able to. So you know, I I do feel like this should be some a, a game that we're we're putting in the diaries as and marking it as three points personally. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd be very disappointed if we don't win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> do you guys see Brentford causing us any issues? I mean. I don't think I just I just a little bit worried about the whole deep block thing and you know the I think the Burnley game the Burnley game sits in my mind but I think it's I think it scares me because um it's an indication of what can happen if you aren't fully there at the races and I know we had a few players missing I think Partey was missing Tomiyasu missing but you should still beat Burnley with with the team I that think- we had out there I think I think that Burnley game it came you know we we looked tired didn't it you know that Burnley game came at a time where we needed that break like we looked tired and the composition of the midfield in that game wasn't great. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's not really an excuse because like you said, we should have still beat Burnley. Burnley. Played midfield that game. It was Lacongage. It was, it was Lacongage, um, ESR, and Odegaard that started. Uh, yeah. So Xhaka um, and Party both did. So Xhaka yeah. and Party both missed. So I think that will be hopefully you know Touchwood because they've been on banter this season a, a big plus if they're on it. Um, I, I, obviously, I don't make too much of a habit of watching Brentford. I can't lie to you; um, they bore me. So, if um, you know, I, I'd imagine they'd be a threat from set pieces because because one of the things about Burnley, Burnley didn't cause us any threat in open play. Generally, they did. They did. Yeah, didn't. we haven't so, conceded from set pieces this season, though. No, no. So, so yeah. So, if, if, so if, we're, if if we're strong, if we're strong from that, um, you know, the, it, it's more about how we comprise open a deep block. Me personally, just because of my doubt defensively, I don't think it's going to be another high-scoring game. I can't lie to you. Um, I could see like a 1 or a 2 nil, but I don't mm. think the floodgates are going to open massively for us in this game. So, yeah, um, yeah hopefully we can just create enough openings, um, stretch them, pull them apart enough that, you know, we can create four or five good chances and, and convert one or two. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I'm just looking at the team that played Brentford on the opening day now. I think only four players who played in that game will actually start for us on on um, on Saturday. I mean, yeah, we, had, we had Chambers, Mari. Well, Leno, Chambers, uh, Mari. You know, two of these aren't even at the club anymore. Um, White played, Tierney played. Xhaka played in midfield with Laconga. Balogun uh, started that game. Balogun well. started, Pepe started, Martinelli started. Um, but obviously, Marcin is not going to be available. That's from the Olympics, he came. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, it's very, very going to be a very team. different team. Mm. Mm. And on the bench that day, we had like Nelson coming off the bench, and, and Nelson's you know, not like, here forever. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had we had like the Bellerin same. Of course, is saying he's not sure about him. Boy, we were in the mud. Mm. Man, listen, we we were yeah, we were we were severely in the mud them times, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that game no, was no. so peak. First day, 
But but if you think as well and look how how teams got, you know, we tried to get that game called off, you know, and mm. you know how teams were getting stuff called off at ease. We weren't ready to play that game, innit? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, because we what we had like Aubameyang and like Aubameyang Lacazette both up with COVID, COVID, right? COVID. They were both out with COVID. Well. I think someone else there was as well. a couple others. Well. Was it Gabriel was it Gabriel out of COVID? Gabriel had an injury. Gabriel had injury. Oh, Gabriel. Uh, had an injury as well. So. Our, our party was injured from. So we were. So, so we, were, we, were we were severely depleted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the thing is, they didn't. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to care about that. So it, it is what it is, isn't it? So yeah. you know. But we 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 got it back in blood a few days ago. A few days after that, apparently, in a in a preseason friendly, I think we we spanked them four 0 So mm, hopefully, that's that's a sign of things to come for this game. Anyway. But um, yeah, before we wrap things up, any any last things you guys want to touch on before we go? Or just need to get uh, right now. Just sixteen cup finals left. I just need the three points, bro. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm shook, man. Like you, you guys are very confident. You are, you know? I'm so shook, bro. Every game, I'm just here. I'm just panicking, bro, because I need top four, bro. I'm stressing, bro. Hey. I ain't seen the I ain't seen these bright lights since 2017, bro. I'm just hey. no 2016, bro. I'm just here, man. How let, let, before before we do go, let me just ask you a quick question, then. Um, so how do you think? Get in Champions League football and not get in Champions League football. Say, just, say, just qualifying for the Europa League. How do you guys think that impacts our transfer business? I, I think, irrespective, they're going to spend money because they have to because of how they've depleted the squad anyway. Lacazette and Eddie are going to leave, so they're going to spend regardless, in my opinion. However, what will impact is the quality of player we might be able to attain if we get Champions League. I think that's why it's such a big thing. Do you know what I mean? So, if we get Champions League, you know, different options become available. Like, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm just using it as an example, but like, for example, a Frankie de Jong might become available that you could pursue, you know, if you've got Champions League, whereas, you know, before, you know, it'd be like a, a Tielemans, in it? So, but I, I, I don't know, man. But yeah, what I'm saying hey, is... Hey, Tielemans put on a Blasic the other night, boy. <laughs> Relax. Listen, Relax. Boy. You know, yeah. you might know I'm not a fan of that guy, but he, he, was, he was passing my... He was hooping. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's just quality of player basically that that we can possibly acquire. So we need it, man. We need it, bruv. I need to be able to brag again, I've been playing on. I've been playing with Arsenal. On, do you know how dry Arsenal are on FIFA, bro? Oh my yeah, god, bro! Man, he's using like team, seventy-five Tomiyasu right. I said, Jesus is Lord, bro. We stink, bro. Even now, bro, when I'm playing with Arsenal, bro, I have to put Eddie and Ketty in the squad, bro. Oh god, oh god. You might need to go. You might. Is Eddie even seventy? Huh? Eddie's like 72, bro. You don't think that there's a chance that we can get some of this like top European talent with Champions League? So like you see how someone like Chiwameni um or Karim Adiyemi and all that, like they're they're talking about moving in summer and stuff like that. Do you think like with Champions League that we can enter some of these conversations? No, I don't think so because I think I think with someone like Chuameni, isn't he linked to like everyone? Like Chelsea is is being touted, right? And and is it is it is it Chelsea or and PSG? Is it or like a like a Bellingham or something like that? Like I, I, no, I, I, 
I think I think Bellingham is probably too expensive, but I think we. This is why I think it will massively impact the the um, the business that we can conduct. Because I I truly think that we could get some elite talent um, mm -hmm. if we get back into the Champions League because we have the willingness to spend. What used to stop us from us and um, from getting these talents at times was we didn't want to spend, we didn't want to pay the money, we didn't mm. want to pay the wages. Now we want to do it, but we just don't want to come because we're not in the Champions League. We're not even also Edo is, Edu is a massive bozo. He doesn't look like he could get a big transfer uh, transfer done, even if his life depended on it. So, yeah, unless there's a release clause or like nobody else wants him, like no nobody else wants yeah, this I think, player. I think that's, that's the, the only transfer. Come on, stuff there, but I do, I do think we could, we could, if we get Champions League, we could definitely attract some top talent. Um, mm. definitely, I, I, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think we are, we are not able to do that. And who that is, we'll see. I think Adeyemi looks like he's going Dortmund. True, many. I don't think I've seen him strongly, strongly linked with someone. He's, I've seen that... him, he's Real Madrid, Real Madrid, and Real Madrid uh, Chelsea, Real Madrid and Chelsea. I've seen Real Madrid was about everyone, man. So, um, but but yeah, no, I, I think I agree with the overall point. The quality of players, there's, there's players out there, man. There, there's there's players out there. The thing is, obviously, we we don't really. I mean, we know the positions we want, but obviously we don't know what players fit in that position. I think, like, you know, Neves and Tielemans are probably guys we could get if we get top six. But mm. I'm saying if we get Champions League, the quality, you know, opens up a bit more. So there might be other options. Obviously, striker is different because the pool of striker talent isn't massive. So, um, but yeah, definitely when we're looking at centre mids, man, there's, there's, there's guys out there that we could acquire. So, even so, yeah. even strikers, man. Like, I mean, everyone is really hoping for this one, but we we could enter the market for some of these big boys, like the the Jao Felixes and that of the world. I, I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a, um putting past us to to try pursue like a very ambitious one. And, and the way the transfer market moves, yeah. See the way you you don't know you think someone is not available, and all of a sudden he is. Mm. That's how that's how it moves. And when you're in a Champions League and you have the money, all of a sudden you're in a much much better position. I think top six, as you said, we will probably focus on prem prem level talent again, like we did last summer, and recruit and within the age ranges that we've been recruiting and try to do smart business. If we get Champions League, I I think that will that will look to blow the bag on at least one big big player. Mm. No, to Declan Rice, by the way. Yeah, no, not for me. Tielemans was, was giving man the run around the other day, boy. If that's what we're talking about, so so yeah, but we'll see. Man. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, lads, let's call it a night. Um, we're going to be back again next week. We'll do a Patreon after the Brentford game. Hopefully, we can have something else to celebrate another victory, which would be nice. Who who have our ops got this weekend? Anyone? Uh, City Spurs straight after our game as well. Look at Liverpool, man. Yeah. I'm trying to eat, boy. I'm trying to yeah. eat. But, yeah? but, but, but do you know what scares me, though? Spurs are sort of the team that have a decent record against City. They do like, have a decent. They do have a decent record against. Not at though. Yeah, I need, I need, I need City to. Dunk. I can't see. West Ham have got Newcastle. So that's going to be a tough game because Newcastle won like three mm. in a row. And Joe West Ham. Joe Willock, I need you. Joe Willock, Basic, bro. I need that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea have got Palace. I'm sure they'll win that. Oh, no. uh, who have United got? Leeds away. No, that's going to be like a 6 0 win, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leeds, Leeds are the most ridiculous team, bro. Because Tom, they... Tom always has the best game of his life against Leeds. Yeah, scores, scores two, two out of the box Maldives against Leeds every, every time. Every time. Uh, and yeah, uh, and Wolves have got Leicester. So, I mean, I don't know if we're. Considering Wolves as genuine, 
uh, a genuine t- threat. I'm I'm certainly not, but yeah. Anyway, guys, I think Wolves. I think Wolves. If they win and Spurs lose, they can go above Spurs. You know, um, actually. Yeah. So yeah. that's techie. It's techie for them. Well, anyway, all right, lads, take it easy. Have a good one. You man, take it easy. Peace out, man. Thanks. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Sports Social Podcast Network.